All right, so we're going to read from Revelation chapter 12, 11, and it says this. And they overcame him, meaning the evil one, because of the blood of the lamb and because of the word of their testimony. And they did not love their life even when faced with death. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. And God, I thank you so much, Lord, for everyone who is here today at Heart Revolution Church and watching online, God. And I just pray your blessings over your people today, God, that you would use my story and the gospel to deliver them something that they need in their life to set their souls on fire for you, God. I pray that your presence would just fall on us today, God, heavy like a cloud so that we could encounter the God of love, the God who heals, restores, and redeems because Jesus, we need you, Lord. What is our life without you, God? It is nothing, and we just want more of you here today, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You guys may be seated. In this verse that we just read in Revelation, we learn that there are two ways that we overcome the evil one. And the first way was with the blood of the lamb. And we know that Jesus, he is the perfect sacrifice. He is the lamb of God. He is the atonement for our sins. And when he went to Calvary Cross, he did everything that he could do for us when he shed his blood for us. And he has given us the ability to connect with God in ways that before Jesus just weren't possible. Um, and then it says that the second way that we overcome the evil one is with the word of our testimony. And see, so many of us, all of us, I'll say in this room, have a story. We've all been through something. Um, and what you have been through is a setup for your breakthrough because God is going to do something in your life because of the things that you have gone through. Your pain has purpose. And when we share our story, it gives us the ability to not only only overcome the evil one in our lives because it frees us from shame, right? Because we kind of take the bullets out of Satan's gun. It's like, you can't make me feel ashamed of something that I'm openly sharing. But it also frees other people. It gives other people hope. It gives other people courage. It frees them from their own shame and gives them the ability to go and share their stories as well so that we can bring people to the Lord. Because how many of you know our personal experiences and our testimony are something that even an atheist can't argue with, right? And so we all have a story. I have a story. Uh, I was in the adult film industry for seven years of my life, but it did not start there. Uh, I actually, it started in my upbringing. I grew up in a verbally and an emotionally abusive household. Um, and because of that, I felt very rejected. And I started looking for love in all the wrong places. Um, and this is why I believe that as parents, it's so imperative that we watch the words that we speak over our children. Proverbs 18.21 says that there is power of life and death on the tongue. So our words are either going to set our children up for success or they're going to set our children up for failure. And maybe your kids are raised and you're like, oh, I didn't really speak the best. Maybe I just became a Christian and I'm just developing these convictions. Well, I have good news for you because there is restoration in Jesus. And the heart of every child is to be connected to their parent. I have a wonderful relationship with both my parents now. So if that's something where you're like, I, I, I wish that I would have spoke better, you still have 
have the opportunity to mend that relationship. Um, and so because I was in this place of rejection, I, you know, lost my virginity to this guy. You know, I'm 16. I think I'm going to marry him. And then he goes off and he cheats on me with three different women. And here I am again feeling very rejected and feeling like I can't find validation or affirmation anywhere. And a couple of kids from my uh, girlfriends of mine in high school were like, let's go to Mexico. And so we went to Tijuana and it was the first time that I ever got drunk. And I walk over to this other club that happens to be a strip club. I did not know that when I walked up there and I told the bouncers who weren't gonna let me in, oh, I just wanna dance. I thought they weren't gonna let me in because I was wasted. And so I said, I just wanna dance. So they're like, oh, you wanna dance. So they bring me into the strip club and they put me behind this line of women who are waiting to get on stage. And that night I had a broken heart and I had liquid courage. So I made a really bad decision that night and I got on that stage in my brokenness because how many of you know that when you have a broken heart, you'll always make broken decisions? And Satan wants to use the brokenness in our heart to start to direct our lives the same way that God wants to take the purity and the wholeness of our hearts to direct our lives. And so here Satan is directing my life with brokenness. And that's why it's so imperative that we guard our hearts. Proverbs 4.23 says, above all else, above all else, above anything that you can do, guard your heart because it determines the course of your life. And so when given the opportunity to hold on to offenses, when given the opportunity to be angry and to not let it go, when given the opportunity to lust after somebody, when given the opportunity to hold on to contaminations within our heart, we have to bring these things before the foot of the cross and we have to leave them there. Because God, above all else, I want to guard my heart. Above all else, I want my heart to be uncontaminated which is the very definition of purity. Too often we think purity means no sex before marriage, but purity is not just for singles, it's not just for young people, it's for all people. Because purity means uncontaminated. So what are those areas in your life where your heart is hurting? where your heart is struggling, and from that place, you're making bad decisions. From that place, you're running to pornography. You're running to, to drunkenness at the end of the night. You drink your sorrows away. Why? Because we're trying to find escapes. And these things are escapes, but they don't ever lead to freedom. They put you in further bondage, which is why above all else, we guard our heart. Lord, give me the strength to forgive. Lord, give me the strength to make a covenant with my eyes that I won't look lustfully at another person. Lord, give me the strength to not turn to pornography when I'm facing rejection or maybe when I'm not able to have sexual relationships, whether I'm unmarried or maybe my wife just had a baby or whatever the reason may be. Like, Lord, give me the strength to not turn to these things and give me the strength to turn to you, Jesus, because it's in him that we find healing. It's in him that we find freedom. We don't have to numb our pain when we can run to the one who can heal our pain, okay? So I am in the strip club, and in the strip club, as I'm only 16 years old, I have people paying me money and saying, you are beautiful. 
I love you. And see, I'm hearing these words of affirmation that I just was wanting to hear in my own household. See, what you don't get at home, you'll often look for in the outside world, and that's one of Satan's tactics. Oh, you're not getting it in your marriage? Let's go over here. I'll give it to you here. Oh, you're not getting it from, from your children? Let's go over here. Well, or you're not getting it from your parents? Let's go over here. The enemy will try to use those things like he used in my life. And so... Fast forward to college, I am, you know, dan I start dancing again. And one day a couple producers came in and they said, again, they're filling my ear, you're beautiful, you are destined to be a star. Uh, if you're ever in LA, we make romance movies, give us a call. And that's why ladies and gentlemen, we have to be careful about who we allow to fill our ear because the Bible teaches us that faith comes by hearing, right? And hearing the word of God is the next part of that. But Satan will pervert that scripture and he'll try to ignite faith in you in the wrong direction. And so here's these people telling me, you're going to be a star. And I'm like, yes, finally, I'm going to be validated. I'm going to be accepted. People are finally going to notice me. You know, because I think that's at the heart of everybody. We want to be noticed by the ones we loved. We want to know that we're accepted. We want to know that we're validated and affirmed. And so here I am. I, I go to Los Angeles and um, I reach out to these guys who make romance movies. I knew they were talking about porn. And I um, get into the industry that day. And I'm in that industry for a total of seven years. And so often, uh, many of us, even in church, watch porn. I'll share those statistics now. 70% uh, of men, this is according to Covenant Eyes, 70% of men in church watch pornography. 30% of women in church watch pornography and 50% of pastors and leaders watch pornography. Um, and some of the most... Uh, watched scenes in the world of pornography are young girls, so 18-year-olds, they put them in pigtails. I was a, a victim of this, and you wear these costume jewelry, and then they pair you with an old man. Why? Because it's giving the illusion of pedophilia. And see, porn is like a drug. See, it triggers the exact same dopamine receptors as cocaine. And I don't know if any of you, I, I know I used cocaine. I don't know if any of you here have, but you're always chasing that first high. Because that first line, you'll never get that until you have to use more and more and more just to experience that high. And that's exactly what pornography does. You start off watching one scene, it doesn't fill you anymore. So then you go deeper and darker into the world of porn until you're in national city and unfortunately the Johns are comfortable with purchasing women who are underage. Why? Because they've been feeling, they've been filling their eyes, they've been filling their heart with these things in porn and so now it's normalized to them. It's now something that they're craving. The porn industry knows what it's doing. They're trying to push the limits and get you to go darker and deeper into that world until you get to a place where you're, you, you wonder how in the world did I end up here. And that's why part of guarding our heart is also guarding our eyes. You know, with David, it was that one look when he looked at Bathsheba that caused him to commit adultery. And see, it could be that one look of pornography that could cause any of us to start to make decisions that we wish we never made. Um, and I don't say any of this to shame anybody here, but what I want you to know when I share these statistics is that you're not alone. 
Sometimes we think like I'm watching porn, but I can't open up to anybody because this is what I felt when I walked into church. If I told anybody my story, they're all so perfect. Everybody's going to judge me. They're going to reject me. They're going to kick me out of this church. Nobody's going to want anything to do with me because everybody's so perfect, right? But I share these statistics so that you know that if you are struggling, you are not alone and you are in a house of grace here. And so when you decide to open up about your struggles to your family life group leader, you are going to be met with compassion. You are going to be met with grace because this is what is, this is the anointing of this house. It is the house of grace, love, and compassion. And so never feel alone like you're in this alone. So I'm in this industry and I'm experiencing things like, like I express with the young girl stuff. And then I've seen, you know, poor women on set that they're during, during a scene, they're just crying. And it's like the directors look around like, why are these women, what, what, what's wrong with her? Why is she crying? And I remember a producer in particular looking and he asked, should I, should I cut the scene? He said that to the director. The director's like, no, just let it go. And so here they are just like they continue filming waiting for her to kind of wipe her tears and keep going um, and you'll never see this in the porn scenes because the editing process they cut it all out so that you don't see those things so that you don't understand it's very important that we humanize these people in in the porn industry see we don't see these things um, and so I just want to share that so that we can humanize this aspect of, of pornography. Um, I start want to leave the porn industry after about three years because I'm withdrawing from heroin. And so I call my grandma and she comes and, and rescues me from, uh, from my home in LA and she brings me down to San Diego. And after I detox, I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior one day when I went to church with my grandpa. Um, and I didn't understand the importance of spending time with other Christians. I didn't understand the importance of getting connected. And the enemy wasn't happy about my decision. So he sends a man into my life who happens to be a pimp. And he manipulates me and buys me things and gives me drugs just like uh, we heard that happens. It was the exact same story for me. So I get involved with him and then he gets me back into porn and then um, eventually into prostitution as well. Uh, and I remember one day, I have one thing that was so different this time around. Because I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I had the Holy Spirit with me. Because how many of you know that no matter how dark your life may look right now, no matter how hopeless you may feel, no matter how big the sin is in your life, Jesus is still with you. Jesus still loves you. Jesus is still pursuing you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. I don't care what the religious folks have told you. Jesus was right there with me in the middle of my sin. And I remember crying out one day saying, I don't know what to do. And the Holy Spirit said, you need to leave him. And I said, how? I don't even have a phone. And he said, go to the dresser, get his phone. It's over there. So I go and I grab his phone and I run downstairs and I'm like, what do I do? I don't have anybody to call. And the Holy Spirit said, Brittany, call your mom. And I'm like, I can't call her. At that time, we had a very, very dysfunctional relationship. I, I don't even think she'll help me. The Holy Spirit said, Brittany, humble yourself and call your mom. And so I dialed her number and she showed up in 20 minutes and picked me up from his house. And then, come on, I want to give it up for my mom. <laughs> 
Uh, she shows up, picks me up from his house, and then here I am. This is why uh, trafficking is the modern day slavery because for three years I'm making thousands and thousands and thousand dollars a week, but I don't have anything to show for it because it was all going to the pimp. And so um, I'm going to go film another scene in Las Vegas, and I hear the Holy Spirit before I leave to the airport say, bring your Bible. So I grab my Bible, and I'm on the airplane, and I'm, I'm reading Revelation chapter 2, verse 20 through 23, and I'm paraphrasing, but it says, I have this thing against you. You tolerate that woman named Jezebel. She leads my people into sexual immorality, and I have given her time to repent. If she doesn't repent, I will cast her and her children into a sickbed. And I started crying on the airplane. The Bible talks about it's godly sorrow that leads to repentance. And in that moment, this is what godly sorrow looked like. Wow, Lord. I had no idea that this is what I've been doing. Not only have I been breaking your heart, but my life is miserable. And on top of that, I'm leading other people into sin. God, would you, would you forgive me, Lord? And I felt the grace of God come over me. And in that moment, the Holy Spirit said, Brittany, I love you. This is not the life that I have for you. The life that I have for you will overflow with so much love, peace, and joy. And if you would just quit the porn industry today, I would bless your life like no man ever could. And so I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to quit this industry today. And I showed up within two weeks here at this church, fresh out of the porn industry. And uh, I just started, um, what I learned here at church was, you know, the pastor, they come up, they worship, and then they pray, and then the Bible is read, the sermon is preached. So I started doing that every day. I'd wake up every morning, and I would say, good morning, Lord, and I'd start worshiping and praying and reading my Bible. The Lord miraculously healed me of my drug addiction. He told me to flush the drugs down the toilet. First time in seven years, I didn't get sick. I was loved here in this church. I was loved here. Mariela, Delilah, Albert, my friend Cynthia, somewhere in this church. Um, I, I was loved deeply here in this church. God used people to show me his deep love. And so then I remember one time I get invited to the young adult ministry. And there's a man, we're right, we were meeting right over here in the overflow. And this man is preaching and he says, you know, I, I have a word just for the women. I want you to know that you are worthy of real true love. You are worthy. You are a woman of God. You are worthy of real true love and you are worth the wait. And in that moment I started crying and I said, you know what Lord, despite my sin, despite every bad decision I've ever made, I know that I am a woman of God and that I am worthy of real true love and that I am worth the wait. And so I just committed my whole life to the Lord. I did the purity ceremony at church. And um, I said I wasn't going to date anybody for a year because I just wanted to fall so in love with Jesus. I just wanted him to be my best friend. And I didn't want any distractions in my life. And men were my weakness. So there was no dating. And then uh, about a year later, that man who preached the word asked me out on a date. And almost eight years later, we are still married. We have two beautiful daughters.
We have a ministry, lovealwaysministries.com. We are seeing thousands and thousands of people get set free from pornography. We are seeing women who reach out to us who want out of the industry, and we are helping them bridge the gap. I was just on the phone with one of them the other day. She's now living on the East Coast, and she's getting married next October, and God is doing incredible things in our, in our life and through our ministry, and God wants to do the same for you. Can I get all of you to stand up, please? You know, the Bible says in Romans 8.28, it's one of my favorite scriptures. It says that God works all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. See, who would have thought, who would have thought that an ex-porn star, a prostitute, a drug addict would be used to globally preach the gospel and to help people get set free from porn and, and to help other women get set free. That is only God. And each and every single one of you in here have a story. I don't know what you've gone through. I don't know what you're going through. But can I tell you that God wants to Romans 8.28 your life as well. He wants to work all things together for good because you love him and because you are called according to his purpose.